Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know Hi about. Everybody. Back by popular demand, we have a staff doctor from the True North Health Center that's been on the show before, Dr. Sadiq Shirazi, and he was a very popular guest, and he is really somebody that Dr. Goldhammer thinks the world of. And if that's the case, then we know he's amazing. And he's going to be doing a presentation talking about how we can turn unconscious dysfunction into conscious dysfunction and cultivating transformation. Please welcome him back to the show. It's so nice to see you again. <laughs> Hi, Chef AJ. Thank you so very much for having me back. I was overwhelmed after our last um, chat. I mean, it was such a great platform and it was an opportunity to share the information that I've gathered. Um, and so to be back, to get to present to your uh, platform again is just highly uh, honorable. So thank you very much. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, cool. I'm going to jump right into it. I have to, <laughs> I have to admit error where I see it. Um, the slide is actually unconscious dysfunction into conscious function. So that's, that's going to be what I'm going to be chatting about today. That was an error on my, on my end, but yeah, I, I kind of wondered when I said it, but I figured it's better <laughs> if you're going to have dysfunction. I guess it's better to be conscious about it. Well, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk through this idea and this concept. And over the course of my um, past few years in practice, my brain is always going into how do I create an optimal individual, an optimal functioning individual. And so um, there's a stages of learning platform that I've based my practice on. It's, place, it's, it's what my assessment um, and analysis of patient care is based on. And so I want to share this with individuals so that way they have the opportunity to understand when and where they are dysfunctional and how to move into function. And I'm going to talk about the difference between being conscious or unconsciously functional or conscious and unconsciously dysfunctional. And so that's the, the basis of what, what I want to share with everybody. This is a little funny uh, uh, comic here on the left. This is kind of a very standard thing that we see both here at True North um, when an individual is trying to fast, where you're here to rest, you're here to relax, and all we can think of is working or doing or showing up. And it's because we have such a attachment and conditioning to doing, into productivity, into showing up that a lot of times we miss the function of rest. Rest and deep relaxation is such a function of our health. And we miss this because we've been conditioned into always working, always going. And we don't realize sometimes that we have what's called unconscious dysfunction, my inability to rest, my inability to take a day off, my inability to shut off my thoughts and my emotion perpetuates a sense of energy consumption, creates a sense of stress in me. And so I'm missing a very fundamental aspect of health, which is called parasympathetic state, also known as just a rest state where your body is able to heal, able to resolve dysfunction, fight bacteria. And so that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today is this idea of how do I first off understand where are my dysfunctional patterns? And then what do I need to do in order to become functional, in order to understand how do I live an optimally healthy lifestyle? 
Starting off, let me just introduce a little bit more about who I am. Um, I am a doctor of chiropractic medicine, um, and I'm going to speak a little bit about how I came into, into being a chiropractor. Um, I've studied nutrition and functional medicine. This is a highly important way as to how I assess and do histories on patients. Um, I'm a movement specialist. It's so my, my fundamental practice when I'm looking at an individual is to see how are you moving? How are your biomechanics moving? And do you have any dysfunctional movement patterns? And then, then my intention is to help you understand how to move into functional movement patterns. And of course, what I do here at True North Health is lifestyle medicine is what we intend to do is to take people out of their dysfunctional lifestyles of uh, American diet, of um, not getting enough rest, of not moving, of living a sedentary lifestyle, of not getting enough hydration or micronutrients. And what we do here at True North Health is we bring you in and we kind of change your whole environment, the epigenetics of how you function. We start to firstly take away any of the dysfunctional food patterns that you eat. We ask that you stop uh, drinking coffee, drinking alcohol, smoking, eating any animal products. And then we introduce you to a whole food plant-based SOS free diet. And then for those individuals who are ready, then we'll put you on a water fast. Then now you're going into a deep state of relaxation. Your gut's not using your energy to digest. It's solely looking to heal dysfunction. And if at any point, Chef AJ, you have, you want to chime in, um, feel free to. Thank you. Um, a little bit of, um, about the way um, I came into chiropractic medicine, I was med school track. And what ended up happening on that journey was I injured my back um, pretty severely. And um, what I ended up doing is going to an orthopedic surgeon. And this orthopedic surgeon wanted to do surgery on my low back um, within spending maybe 20 minutes with me. And I took his information, I took his advice, and I assessed it and somebody had told me to go visit a chiropractor. On that visit to visit the chiropractor, I was steeply educated in uh, the anatomy of my body, of what happened on that injury, on the fact that my belly was pulling on my spine and that my core wasn't tight. And so his first line of entry for me was not surgery. His, his advice was, I think you need to lose 45 pounds and strengthen your core. And there's nothing like pain to offer you transformation or to get you to change the dysfunctional behavior patterns that you potentially didn't even know you had. And so I took his advice. I watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. I went on a two-month uh, juice cleanse, and that's really where my life changed. And at the end of that two, three-month period, I started to recognize that my body started to change, my pain started to go away. And I had a question, how was I so quick to be offered surgery when there was a totally different lifestyle option available to me? And thus I changed my direction from medical school to chiropractic school. I got a steeped education in uh, nutrition and anatomy, physiology. And really what happened on that, that journey was I got I received a intense amount of information on the value of my human body. And this is really where I have a little bit of um, 
frustration for the systems that we live in is somehow this education, this steeped education where we dissect the human body and we see the eloquence of its design, we see the um, immense amount of uh, intelligence that goes into the body is awarded for doctors and individuals who are going into these programs. And yet the rest of society doesn't really have this information. We're almost left without the empowerment of how our body runs. And we kind of give this power over to the doctors and to specialists, hoping that they're gonna give us the correct information. And really, depending on which doctor you go to, which specialist you go to, they're going to train you and teach you exactly what they, they learned. It's, it's, it's not uh, any kind of malintent. We can only teach to the extent of what we learn. And so the orthopedic surgeon in that case, he, what he had learned that in a, in a spinal injury such that I had, that the offering or the, the correction in that is surgery. Whereas the chiropractor had a different approach. His approach was lifestyle medicine adjustments. Um, and of course, mine, mine in particular was, uh, I think even more so uh, intelligent enough to guide me to lifestyle change, to change my diet and to, to strengthen my core. And so again, coming back to the value and importance of understanding how your body functions, what is the function of it? And if you know the function of your body, then you can understand where are you dysfunctional? What behavior patterns are you conducting that are dysfunctional? And so this is a, this I'm putting up here so you guys can kind of see the transformation that I underwent from that point where I had that injury to where I am today. And I, I like to share this because I feel like my story is valuable in understanding both from you know, a, a, a doctor's perspective of what happens when you make significant lifestyle changes. I want to note here that what you're looking at is not just a physical transformation. You know, again, we're, we're very linear, so we only kind of see what's on surface. This is not, you're not looking at, I transformed body fat. What you're looking at is I transformed a cellular metabolism system that operated differently on the left. This is what I call my dysfunctional patterns. And then on the right, what, I'm, what you're looking at is my functional patterns. My functional patterns are more aligned to how my body was structurally intended to pattern or, or to, to live. On the left is a very dysfunctional way, an all American style diet, sedentary living, alcohol consumption, stress, anxiety. And so much of my dysfunctional patterns is indoctrinated from conditioning that almost all of us are kind of bought into, um, not just in Western culture, I have to admit, it's, it's kind of a global dysfunction. And I think that you'll see a just large amount of us that have worked our way out of these dysfunctional systems that are on these platforms of, of trying to educate other people as to come this way. Let me show you how I worked out of the system. And it's anybody that's gone through the transformation understands the immensity of having to make these changes in diet and exercise in stress reduction in um, changing your employment. If it's too stressful, changing relationships, we become very much so um, comfortable in these old dysfunctional patterns. And we end up using more energy than, than is necessary to put out these fires that if we can just find our functional way, 
then we don't have to use unnecessary energy to compensate for pain, anxiety, and depression. And so what I am discussing today um, in my work, both as a chiropractor and a functional medicine, functional medicine specialist is understanding the fact that we are cellular turnover. And my hope is to help share with you guys, not, not just my transformation, but to encourage you on your own transformation from unhealthy lifestyles or from dysfunctional patterns into how to create a totally different cellular system, a totally different neurocellular microbiome system over the course of different choices you make in your life. So you can arrive at a place that is optimal in how you think, how you feel, um, how you relate to life. And so I always want to go back to the idea is don't is to attempt to not be um, disillusioned by the fact that you just see a physical body, you see muscles, you see tissue, you see me, when the reality of what we are is a conglomeration of cells and bacteria. That essentially is what we are. So everything that we eat is not there for to satiate a craving. It's there to be broken down by the gut and the enzymes in the gut so it can go into the bloodstream so it can eventually get to the cells of the body. And then from the cells of the body, it's also going to the microbiome of the body. And when the cells in the microbiome are optimally functioning, you are getting feedback from the system of, I feel well, I feel energized, I feel mobile, I feel rested. And when the information is coming into the body that's dysfunctional, that means an all-American uh, all diet, not getting enough micronutrients into the gut to break down and go into the, to the bloodstream to eventually get to the cell, meaning you're not moving your lymphatic system um, or you're not moving your cardiovascular system because you're like the average American and you sit for 13 hours a day. The cellular system is going to give you a feedback response suggesting pain, anxiety, depression, um, and, a, and a plethora of other feedback mechanisms insinuating, hey, look here, something is a raw, something is not optimal. And that is really what we should be using this, this feedback mechanism of the ecosystem of the body to recognize perhaps my behavior patterns, my, my choice of food, my lack of movement is insinuating I should do something different. And that's how you start to move out of un unconscious dysfunction. As a practitioner, what I'm looking at when I look at health is a variety of different things. What you're looking at here in the center is the functional medicine tree. And it's based off of the root system. When I'm looking at health, my brain as a practitioner is firstly asking the questions of how is your sleep and your ability uh, to relax? How is your exercise and movement? How is your nutrition and hydration? Where is your stress at? Are you, do you have resilience in transforming your stress? Do you have a tool when you get stressed because that's a very human thing to, to uh, endure? Do you actually have a method of reducing your stress? And so many people don't have that method. How are your relationships and networks? A lot of times we feel obligated in relationships that are unhealthy for us. Do you have past traumas that have been unresolved? Um, how are your microorganisms in your body? And are there any environmental pollutants? These are all 
questions of health that you can't just take exercise and nutrition and ignore all of these other varieties of health. Health is a conglomeration of how the ecosystem of your body runs. And so, and so it's very important that when you look at your health, you're looking at lifestyle medicine, your choices, your behaviors. So with all of that said, I'm going to go into the concept of what I'm talking about today. And so this is the stages of transformation. And it's really important to understand the idea of dysfunction and into function. And so I'm going to start off with the idea of what is unconscious dysfunction. Unconscious dysfunction means that you are unaware of the dysfunctional pattern that you are performing in and you lack the proficiency in correcting the dysfunction. This, another way to say this is you don't know what you don't know. And I'm gonna give some examples of what unconscious dysfunction is in terms of uh, uh, assessing a muscular skeletal dysfunction. But basically this is like the idea that somebody's bending over in their low back instead of their hips. They've done it their whole life. They never saw their parents bend over correctly. They never saw a coach didn't teach it to them. And so they've gone their whole life bending in the wrong part of their low back. Until, of course, the low back gives you feedback in the terms of pain. You've overused the low back muscles and now you're starting to get back pain. Now you're moving into what's called conscious dysfunction. Ah, I'm moving incorrectly. Now you're aware of the dysfunctional pattern, but you're you're inproficient. You don't have the proficiency yet in correcting the dysfunctional pattern. You haven't learned the right amount of information. And so this is when somebody comes and sees me. They come in to see me for low back pain. I'm, I'm identifying the fact that your biomechanics are incorrect. You're moving in the wrong uh, mechanics. And then I teach them, this is how you hinge at your hip. The hip socket is a ball and socket joint. It is designed to rotate in the hip region and not in the low back. The low back, when you look at the structure of the low back, you have a core set of muscles that surround the low back, the transverse abdominis, the internal and external oblique, which crisscross. And then you have the uh, abdominis, rectus abdominis. All of these muscles are around the lumbar spine because it's protecting the spinal cord. And yet so many of us, when we bend over, I'm just, I know the, the screen's a little bit small, but when we bend over, we're bending over in the back and not in the hips. I'll give an example of that in a picture here in a second. And so what my, what my job is um, as a chiropractor is to educate the person on how to stop bending incorrectly, meaning dysfunctionally, and to start hinging at the hip meaning functional. So once the individual now knows, okay, this is how I hinge at my hip. This is how I brace my core. This is how I keep my spine lengthened. Now they're moving into conscious function. And this is when the individual has learned the idea of um, the correct way of functioning. So this is the same thing for food. When an individual recognizes that a uh, processed diet, a high fat diet, animal fat diet, a uh, diet with too much alcohol, a diet with too much sugar is causing them gut dysfunction. 
They go to the doctor and the doctor explains to them, well, this is all dysfunctional for your gut. Your gut's creating inflammation. This is the right foods to eat. So now you have received the education and the information. You've moved into conscious function. You are now able to use the functional pattern, but now it's going to take effort. And Chef AJ, this is where I lose people is moving from conscious function to unconscious function. And that is my hope when I work with individuals is to help cultivate unconscious function. The same way a person was unconsciously dysfunctional, meaning they practice the dysfunctional pattern so much in their life that they're not even having to think about it. Their body just bends incorrectly. I want to help an individual get to unconscious function. You have practiced the hip hinge so many times. You have practiced the right food so many times that now your feedback mechanism doesn't even have to think about it. When you're at a buffet full of cheeses and fruits and veggies, your brain just knows it wants the broccoli, it wants the carrots, it wants the salads because its feedback mechanism knows that it makes it feel better. And it knows when it eats these other inflammatory foods, it gets feedback of bloating, indigestion, fatigue, or the same thing for whatever else it is that causes a person gut dysfunction. And so it takes a significant amount of practice after you've been dysfunctional in your life to actually cultivate a functional pattern that you don't even have to think about. Think in terms of um, learning how to play the guitar. They say the idea is 10,000 hours before you finally don't even have to think about it and you're your nervous system is just knowing what to strum. And so this is truly what makes transforming so challenging for individuals is because you have to go along these stages of transformation. You have to um, firstly identify that I am performing something that's dysfunctional. And then you have to get the right expert, the right book, the right podcast, to show you the functional pattern. And then now you have this obligation or you have this necessity to practice it over and over and over again until it becomes a new neural cellular system in your body. This is also known as neuroplasticity. When your body repeats a behavior pattern and science is now also showing it's not just behavior, it's thought patterns it's emotional patterns. These are synapses in the neurons that attach that reinforce the more you practice it. And so as you practice new functional patterns, your body is now cultivating and creating a new system, a new nervous system that's communicating with the cellular and microbiome of your body. And over time, you just like my picture I showed earlier, over time, you transform into a whole new system that assesses information differently from an old system that was dysfunctional. And so, um, again, one of the first things I'm doing as a practitioner, when somebody walks through my door and they're talking to me about muscular skeletal pain or any sort of dysfunction or disorder in their body, my brain's first attempt is, is I am looking at some fundamentals. I wanna know, is the Ferrari that you're driving, that means your body, is your Ferrari getting the right fuel? Are you moving this Ferrari in the way it's intended to move? Are you resting? 
Are you spending enough time in a restful parasympathetic state? Are you not too stressful? I am also looking and I prescribe often to my patients, are you getting out in nature often? Because I am looking at the physiology of the body and I am wanting to know if dysfunction is shown up, meaning your check engine light is now turned on in your Ferrari in the form of pain, in the form of anxiety, in the form of depression, in the form of disease and disorder, that's a check engine light. The check engine light comes on in most cases because of a series and in, in years of dysfunctional patterns. And so the first thing that the mechanic's going to tell you, if you take your Ferrari in and you say, hey, I'm putting diesel fuel into my Ferrari and I'm taking it off road, he's not going to patch up the problem. He's going to say, I need you to stop putting diesel fuel into this car. I need you to stop taking it up the mountainside. And that's the first thing I do with an individual when they're expressing any kind of dysfunction is like, well, let's go back to the function of this body. The body requires movement. I know that because the structures of the anatomy dictates that it requires movement in order for your lymphatic system to flow. In order for your cardiovascular system to be optimal, it's, it's movement. And so if you are like the average American who sits 13 hours a day, that means you are in a dysfunctional pattern. And so the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is, okay, well, let's get movement and exercise in, and I'm going to help walk you through it. And that's what my um, online platform does is it's designed to ensure that you are consistent in your movement patterns. And then the next question I'm looking at, or actually it's probably the first question I'm looking at is I want to know, how are you fueling your body? How are you fueling your cells? How are you fueling the microbiome of your body. And believe it or not, Chef AJ, what I am seeing in the past two and a half years working here at True North as a chiropractor, and you can ask any chiropractor that works here, when we are working on muscular skeletal complaints, every one of us are astonished to see how well the body moves when you go on a whole food plant-based diet or when you fast, the body's inflammation goes down. When we look at things like plantar fasciitis, it's the most interesting thing as a chiropractor, we're doing all sorts of work and working out on the calf muscles. We're stretching out tendons and almost, almost consistently with plantar fasciitis patients, when they fast, their pain goes away. And before they're even touched by a chiropractor and what you're seeing there then is that is an inflammatory response in the body that increases pain there. And so, Food, without question, when I'm looking at muscular skeletal complaints is 100% a conversation that I'm going to have with my patients in terms of, is there any inflammation in your body that's potentiating and, and aggravating a structural uh, dysfunction? And then I'm looking at community. Do you have, do you feel loved? Do you feel heard? Do you feel important? This is a very much so an, a, a part of health. And I want to know if an individual does not feel that way. And again, uh, as a train in my training as uh, in functional medicine, both um, as uh, as a uh, emotionally intelligent individual, when I'm working with an individual and I can tell that a person is having some sort of um, core belief pattern or not feeling heard or seen, that's a conversation I'm having with them because I recognize it doesn't matter if a person's 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, 
somehow nobody, they've made it this far in life and nobody has asked them, do you feel heard? Do you feel loved? Do you feel accepted? And so much of the time, our addictions are, are because we have a deep sense of disconnection. And then I'm asking and, and I'm wanting to know how a person manage, manages their stress. As far as I'm concerned, meditation, a silent practice one or two times a day is a non-negotiable. It is a way to lower the rumination of the mind to be able to find clarity in a day that starts and ends, like I showed in that first picture, extremely busy. We wake up and the brain starts, I got to cook, I have to go there, I got to pick up the kids, I have to drop this off. And never do you actually have a point of your day where you get to just come into a deep parasympathetic state, meaning rest and digest, meaning that your body's in such a deep state that you are now increasing your immune system to ward off viruses and bacteria. This happens mostly when we're sleeping in the fourth stage of sleep, do we enter such a deep parasympathetic state but now when you talk to most individuals, so many individuals lack this ability to get to that stage four sleep. They wake up not feeling well rested. One of the questions we ask here at True North in the morning when a person wakes up is we want to know, did you feel well rested? Do you feel like you woke? Did you feel like you got enough rest? And that's one of the things that is the foundation of lifestyle medicine here at True North Health is rest. When you come here, we don't want you to come here feeling like you have to do so many different things. We want to ensure that you are well rested. And once I establish the fact that an individual understands what functional patterns are, then I want to know just how dysfunctional an individual is. And in order to understand dysfunction, I speak about epigenetics. I want an individual to understand how they became dysfunctional. I used to want to shy away from the word dysfunction. I didn't want to instill this type of um, uh, verbiage on an individual, but I also think it's really important to understand dysfunction versus function. Dysfunction means that I am designed in a certain manner and I am not functioning in my intended design. And so what I, what I am really big about is explaining to an individual the societal construct of how we are all indoctrinated. We're reinforced. You have to look at the marketing that we live within. You have to look at the conditioning of our societal groups, um, even family styles, all kind of exist in so much dysfunction. And a lot of times it just goes unquestioned. We assume because it's my family, it must be right. Because it's the whole society, it must be right. Because it's the whole global system, it must be right. And that's not the case. It doesn't matter if the whole society is eating pizzas and french fries and burgers. The cellular system is going to function in the way the cellular system is going to function. If it doesn't have enough micronutrients, it's not going to have enough uh, vitamins and minerals to produce more adenosine triphosphate, more energy molecule. And that's the structure of the body. So for me, I'm looking at physiological and anatomical structure when I'm assessing health. My interest is not in what the society is doing, what the family structure is doing. I want to know, are you living in your structural design? And I want to know if you now have a check engine light that's saying you need to go back to function. That's step one. And so really what happens in our society, we eat a poor diet, we feel stressed, um, we sit all day, we don't move. In order to deal with our stress and anxiety, we're not resolving it from the core. We end up, you know, 
picking up habits like alcohol and cigarettes and and which perpetuates the cycle we don't know how to deal with emotions and so this is kind of a cycle and this is what this is the system and the cycle that i work with true north works with works with to help people escape this vicious cycle because this cycle isn't arbitrary these are neural systems in our brain fear systems in our brain habit loops in our brain that keep us locked in this. This is a pleasure trap. So again, I would revisit the idea of the pleasure trap from Dr. Goldhammer. So you can understand how your dysfunctional system fires. It's really important when I'm talking about dysfunction with individuals for an individual to recognize that there's no space and room to feel ashamed because these systems were indoctrinated and conditioned into us from a very young age. And again, going back to unconscious dysfunction, you don't know what you don't know. And this is a really important part of the work that I do is to offer a person this respite from their own shame and guilt for not being able to change their diet, for not being able to start exercising, thinking that there's something inherently wrong with them. And that's not the case. You're talking about a deep evolutionary system that is designed intrinsically to keep you uh, safe. And what we end up doing though, is we've uh, off the pleasure trap system, we've become uh, conditioned to eat these calorie rich foods because the evolutionary system wants to seek pleasure. And then we wanna not exercise because the evolutionary system is designed to avoid pain. And so these systems are designed to keep us safe. But now in this, in this new age that we're living in, it's actually contributing to our disease and dysfunction. And so it's really important that we understand that we're working against these evolutionary systems in societies that have not been educating or conditioning us into health. And that is because the institutions that we were all trained in are not educating us on health, they're educating us on consumerism. They're teaching us actually how to become consumers. And the health idea, the health education is left for doctors and for individuals in that field. And so the rest of the population doesn't have an idea of how their anatomy system runs. And this is unfair because everybody owns an anatomical system. And so that same awareness and education that we have and how to earn income is not awarded to us. And how do you maintain an optimal physiological system? Every doctor knows it. Every doctor knows the anatomy and physiology of the cellular system. We understand it. The difference is after, after so many years, each one of us goes off into the way that we diagnose and treat chiropractor understands the muscular skeletal nervous system, um, probably one of the best, I would say. And then what we do after two years of learning the, the fundamentals of the anatomy and the physiology, we learn muscular skeletal dysfunction, how to diagnose a strain, a sprain, restriction, dysfunction, and then we treat it with adjustments or other modalities. Uh, allopathic medical doctor, what they, they're trained in the same um, uh, basic sciences. And then after two years, two, three years, they are then learning how to diagnose organ disease, kidney function, cardiovascular disease. 
And their training then is to pair organ disease with pharmaceutical drug and or surgery. That's their design. There is actually nothing inherently wrong with that design because the medical doctor has to bring your blood pressure down when it rises. All they can offer you is the option of you need to start exercising and eating right, but they cannot come into your home and change your lifestyle. Lifestyle medicine is so challenging because it requires exactly as I showed earlier, stages of transformation. And for me, it's highly important that the individual recognize that your health, that our health does not sit in the doctor's hand. It is totally our responsibility. And so when we take that responsibility, now we have an empowerment of how to transform our life. And it starts with understanding functional mechanisms of how the human anatomy physiology operates. And it operates very specifically. This is not a confusing matter because it's an idea of um, structure dictates function. This is the understanding that the anatomical structure suggests to us exactly how it's supposed to function. It's not, it's not a confusing matter. When I look at the structure of a skeleton, the, the hip socket and the shoulder joint is designed in what's called a ball and socket, meaning that its design has the head of the humerus fits into the socket of the scapula. If it was intended to be just up and down flexion extension, it would have been designed as the elbows designed, but it's not. It's structurally designed as a ball and socket. That means the function of this arm, the shoulder joint means that it's supposed to go in a full rotation. Same thing exists with the hip. It's also a ball and socket. The thoracic spine is designed with rotation within it. It's designed to rotate. And so when an individual shows up and I can see that after years of sitting, what's happened is their back is hunched, meaning like after years of sitting at a desk, now they can't rotate. So their function is now become dysfunctional. And rotation of the spine is, an, is a necessity of walking, of moving, of running. Any biomechanics that you do is because the body is intelligently designed structurally to rotate and to mobilize. It's our lifestyle that creates dysfunction. And again, these lifestyles are arbitrary. We have not questioned them. We just assumed that it was okay for us to sit 13 hours, hours a day in our pursuit of financial gain. And what ends up happening is it takes so many years for us to finally realize, why can't I move? My back is hurting. Why am I getting pain in my low back? Why am I getting pain in my neck? And so it's a downstream check engine light that finally says, okay, this is not working anymore. So you always go back to structure. You always go back to function. Same thing when you're looking at the intestinal lining. The structure of the intestinal lining tells us what the function of the intestinal lining is. Food gets broken down. The gut lining has enzymes and microbiome, which there are more microbiome. I feel like, I feel like I've said this so many times, it's almost like um, uh, common knowledge, but it's not. We don't realize actually that there are more microbiome on the human ecosystem than there are human cells. That's how much bacteria we have in our body. The majority of them, of course, are in the intestines. 
And whatever foods you're eating or lack of micronutrients you're eating or the wrong foods you're eating, you're cultivating and creating dysfunction in your gut. An individual who that cannot process and break down certain foods unchecked will create inflammation in your gut. And if you look at this picture here, it's called, they're called gut, ju gut junctions. Um, I'm sorry, tight junctions that become inflamed. And then all of a sudden food particles start to seep in between and then they end up in your bloodstream. And now you have uh, an immune system that's attacking the, this inflammation that started in the gut. The gut's one of the first places that you have to look at when you're looking at disease. That means that you have to look at the food you're eating. The first question that your doctor should be asking you is, do you have inflammation in your gut? What foods are you eating? If you don't have a physician that's asking you that question, that means you need to find uh, a partner, another physician that you can have that conversation with. Never do I think that it's wise for you to necessarily end your relationship with your doctor, but you want a team of educated individuals that understand lifestyle medicine, pharmaceutical medicine, life, uh, functional medicine, movement medicine. And simultaneously, you want to make sure and you want to ensure that you are continuing your education on how your body system runs, because the more awareness that you have on how the system runs, the more you're going to make the right choices of what to eat, how to move. Again, if you had a Ferrari or whatever uh, device you have, we have such an immense amount of knowledge on these things that we know, okay, I know better not to put that fuel into it. Okay, I know better that I got to take that for a drive, otherwise it's going to stall out. And so we have such immense knowledge on things that we, we lose the idea that we don't have the fundamental knowledge that we have on the body. So when I'm looking at physical dysfunction, so when, when I'm looking at the stages of learning, I'm looking at the physical, the mental, the emotional, and what I call the spiritual. And I'm going to show you that uh, here in a minute just to not lose anybody when I use that term. But when I look at physical dysfunction, I am assessing a person's movement. So I use something called functional movement screens. The body is biomechanically supposed to move in a certain pattern. So when somebody comes in and sees me, I wanna see how they're bending over. I wanna see how you're lunging. I wanna see if your shoulder blades are able to rotate in both direction without feeling stuck. So many people can't do that. I wanna see, does your thoracic spine rotate left and right? Does your head able to flex, extend and rotate left and right? And so after a movement screen, what I assess is dysfunction. So a person that comes in with pain, the first thing I'm gonna do is not prescribe them pain medication. The first thing I'm gonna do is why is your ecosystem, why is your nervous system saying that it's in pain? And more, most, more times than not, this is coming because the body is responding to a dysfunctional pattern. Um, and so I'm going to just push this back and plug my thing in. But so what you're looking at then is, okay, now that I understand that I'm in a dysfunctional pattern, what do I do next? How do I move to a functional pattern? So this is an example. When a person comes in and I watch them pick up a piece of weight, the gentleman on the right, he is bending in his lumbar spine. He's rotating, not necessarily in his, in his hip, he's rotating in his lumbar spine. The gentleman on the right, you can see on the left, is keeping his spine straight. 
So a test that everybody can do at home is they can take a broomstick and they can place that broomstick one behind their neck and one behind their low back. And whenever you bend over, if that broomstick falls off of your back or you, you lose the straightness of your spine, you're not hinging properly in your hip. You're bending your lumbar or you're bending your spine in the wrong area. I do recommend always finding a functional movement specialist whenever you're having any kind of muscular skeletal dysfunction, somebody who can assess your patterns and then help walk you through it. Also, we do that online. Um, we do functional movement screens online as well to help an individual get back to functional movement patterns. Um, and so once I assess dysfunction, I teach proper movement patterns and then what I do is, is I check on an individual weekly to ensure that their body is starting to move into unconscious function. So now the same idea of dysfunction in the physical, meaning your eating patterns. Let me go back here. So you can have dysfunction in your gut. This is what I say is physical in your cardiovascular health, your muscular skeletal, your, your, um, pulmonary. These are all physical. You can have dysfunction and function. Also, when you're looking at health, like I said earlier, it's not just one thing, it's conglomeration. We can have dysfunction in our mental health, meaning that I ruminate. I have a very um, deprecating sense of self. I don't see things for how, the, how they are. Again, when you look at the stages of transformation, unconscious dysfunction means that I have a dysfunctional thought pattern or mental pattern that I don't even know that I have. I don't realize that self-deprecating is a dysfunctional pattern. It's just something I've done since I was young. It was something that I mirrored in my family from my friends, from the society I, I grew up in. So I don't even know I'm doing it. I don't even realize that this dysfunction is causing all sorts of uh, pain, anxiety in my life. And so the idea then is to recognize if you have a mental dysfunction and then to move from unconscious dysfunction into conscious dysfunction. Oh yeah, maybe it's not a wise thing that I beat myself up every time I make a mistake. Oh, I talk down upon myself every time I um, say the wrong thing. I'm sitting and I'm questioning and overthinking something that I could find a solution for. And because we don't have the right tools, we don't really know how to solve the, the challenge. And the brain's function is essentially to find resolve. But if we don't have the right tools, we lack the ability to transform. Same thing goes with emotional. Lately, I've been studying quite a bit on uh, the significance of emotional intelligence, of being able to understand our emotional systems. And because I understand societal patterns so well, I recognize that, none, uh, that a majority of individuals weren't ever educated on how to manage their emotions. They don't know how to manage anger. They don't know how to manage sadness and grief. Society is very much so reinforced to us that we want everything to be perfect and pretty and 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 uh, look to look good when you go into the grocery store you don't see any fruits and veggies that are dinged or bruised that's because society has conditioned us to think that in order to feel good in order to find a value of something it needs to look perfect 
this is this is a dysfunctional core belief system. It's not true. And so what we end up doing is we pretend that we don't have anger. We pretend that we're not deeply saddened. And we create, again, this is a little bit more uh, psychology. It, it creates a persona. We're walking around pretending to be something that we're not, instilling more anxiety and depression. We don't even really truly know how to feel full joy. Or when we feel envy, we, we hide that emotion instead of understanding, well, what is the tool? Oh, I'm feeling envious because I'm not living in my truth. So again, dysfunction to function. Once I recognize that I, how to manage my anger, how to feel grief, how to feel sadness and loss, when I recognize that there's a functional way to deal with my emotions, then I don't get this check engine light of feeling overwhelmed or feeling that I have to create habits to overcome this deep sense of, um, of confusion in my emotion. And then I'm going to come to the next one. So what I call spiritual is the ideas of interconnectedness that we don't necessarily categorize under mental, physical, and emotional, but are very much so dysfunctional and functional. Meaning that in order to function as in an optimal manner, meaning the ecosystem, the physiology of the human body to optimally function, we have a relationship to the rising and setting of the sun that's in this bottom left hand corner the rising and setting of the sun is how the hormone system of the body operates when the sun goes down we're instantly getting a change in the rods and cones in the back of our eyes that send a message to the pituitary gland to or to the pineal gland to shoot off melatonin Melatonin shoots off somewhere between eight and 10 o'clock at night. So if you are really attuned to your physiological system, you start getting really tired around that time. And that's not just because it's bedtime. It's because you're actually getting a shot of natural melatonin coming in from your body because of your body's attunement to the sun setting. So an individual that does not have a functional relationship to lights or to, uh, to the sun rising and setting they have a different, they have a dysfunctional relationship to their circadian rhythms. Same thing in nature. You can have a dysfunctional relationship to nature, meaning that when you're functional, you're getting a deep sense of oxygen, carbon dioxide exchange, microbiome exchange. Anybody who has been outdoors and comes back into the city, what they feel is a physiological shift. So when I'm working with somebody who has a check engine light on, I want to know how many, how often are you outdoors? Are you, and they have in Japan, they have forest bathing because the science shows that forest bathing helps an individual to improve their health. We have a spiritual relationship to our, the, the bacteria of the body. Again, these are things that we don't really have a steeped education in because the systems didn't teach it to us. So we just uh, exist in our lives as though they're not, part of our function, but they're 100% um, how we live. And so if we don't have this information, we can't make choices as to, well, maybe I should be going outdoors more, or maybe I should change, change office spaces to have a large window. And so without enough information, we don't have enough ability to make choices. And with more information, more functional information, can we make better choices? And then spirituality also goes into your, your community, how we relate to people in our home, in our neighborhood, 
our colleagues, the, uh, the interconnectedness we have and feel when somebody else in our community is feeling sad or grieving, how that affects our own system. And so spirituality for me is not necessarily your relationship to a deity, but it's your relationship to the environments that you live in, to the things that you can't see, but that affect your health. And so I, I, again, I, I, I like to go back to the stages of transformation. For us to firstly understand, unless we were raised in a highly functional system with functional parents, with functional teachers, with functional institutions, functional uh, systems, it's going to be impossible that we are already arrived at unconscious function. So I always want to invite people to firstly understand, to be able to own without shame, without ego, ah, of course, I'm dysfunctional, makes sense. I grew up in an all-American diet, that's dysfunctional. I grew up with parents that didn't deal with anger properly. Ah, makes sense. I grew up with a coach that used to um, berate me every time I made a mistake. So of course, doesn't matter if I'm 30, 40, 50, I'm still practicing dysfunctional patterns. Until you become conscious of your dysfunction and then learn the functional way, you're going to be existing in dysfunction. And to me, as far as I'm concerned, there is nothing more valuable in our lives than to understand ourselves, to understand where am I functional and where am I dysfunctional? The human, the human ability is to solve problems. That is one thing that I know for a fact that we are impeccable at is finding the problem and then finding the solution. And if we ignore the fact that we have dysfunction mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, if we ignore it or we try to pretend or create a persona that I'm perfect, then we lose the opportunity to transform. And so you can go your whole life in the stages of transformation and that's okay because there is so much work to do in all of these categories that it's, it's time well spent. And so conscious function, I'll, I'll, I'll come to this idea. So from conscious function, once you've understood your dysfunction, you now have read the book, you have the right practitioner. Now it becomes your journey to unconscious function to program your neural cellular microbiome system so well that you don't have to use effort anymore, that you wake up in the morning and you're going for the juice, you're exercising, you're speaking your mind, you're setting your boundary, you're taking time for yourself, you're going out in nature because you know the feedback of your neurocellular system feels good when you're doing it versus the old dysfunctional self that felt fatigued in the morning and that would go for a cup of coffee and that would ruminate or get frustrated with somebody. Unconscious function requires consistency and it requires understanding if you're intrinsically motivated or extrinsically motivated. Some individuals, they get the right information and they know exactly what they need to do. Other individuals, and, and then this picture again is to move to, to move to conscious function, you have to get the right information and then you have to practice it over and over again. Um, so my, my system, um, that I use, I had a, uh, a platform of Dr. Gregor um, a few months ago, and I had asked him in, in our, um, in that, in that talk, I was like, Dr. Gregor, well, how does an individual do it? How do you, what is the method and mechanism of moving into these patterns that are so steeply instilled in us? And, you know, he reinforced that, you know, one of the best ways to do it is through peer-to-peer -peer 
platforms. And there's a variety of different platforms out there that help give you the right meal plans, the right exercise plans, the accountability. And I'm sure you know so many, Chef AJ, and I appreciate you letting me on because I like to share Optimal Alignment Health. We create meal plans. We create movement plans for individuals. Um, and what our intention is, is to help an individual understand their dysfunction and for them to hold and for us to kind of hold your hand until you feel confident enough to be able to be to go into the world and have unconscious function as to how to eat the right foods, how to um, exercise properly, how to meditate and bring yourself into a parasympathetic state. Um, and a variety of other things that we offer, both at True North Health. Um, I'm going to end the last slide with Optimal Alignment Health. Our philosophy is eat right, think right, move right, because health is not just the food. It's not just the movement. It's the mindset. It's the core belief patterns. It's how you view yourself and your life. I have um, at the bottom, you'll see OptimalAlignmentHealth.com uh, backslash Chef AJ we've opened the schedule up to answer any like one-on-one -on -one questions. There's some breakthrough sessions where you can schedule and we can kind of talk through some of these ideas and then see um, what platform best works for you. You can go to our website and we use um, movement programs. We have a 40 day program that is highly successful. Um, it's 40 days of meditation practices, mindset practices, uh, weekly meal plans, weekly exercise programs. And by the end of the 40 days, most individuals come back, you know, 10 to 20 pounds uh, lost, but feeling exquisite in their bodies. Um, and then of course, True North Health, I, I think you'll offer that as well uh, to your audience. True North Health is a water fasting facility in Santa Rosa. Impeccable work that Dr. Goldhammer has done here in the past 36 years. I am honored and excited to be part of this team. Um, but I'm going to close this now. And if you guys have any questions, I'd love to, to be able to share what I, what I know. Wow. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. So many wonderful comments in the chat and I've been posting the link for people to get, well, you, you said like a free series of. Something. Yeah, you're going to, we're going to offer some, some, uh, some one-on-one -on -one calls to, to walk through and we have some movement plans and core stability programs that for us really what we want. I mean, I think uh, my, uh, you'll, you'll speak to me or to Nanda. He's uh, my colleague from chiropractic school. And really what we recognize is that we almost feel like the idea with great, uh, with great power comes great responsibility somehow we've been given this information and really what we want is just to share information with people because the systems that are giving us the counter informations are really strong. And so we wanna make sure we're doing our part to help, help people eat right, think right and move right. I love that. That's a great line. Eat, uh, that could be a t-shirt. Eat right, think right, move right. We'll it's get you fun. one, Chef AJ. We're gonna, have, we're gonna send one to you. We'll give you one well, of our- So many people or... have to eat right and some of them have the move right, but the think right, that's important too. It's one of the most important, if you ask me. Absolutely. So uh, thank you so much, Maryam, for your kind Super Chat donation. She says thank you for these two excellent guests today. So uh, Dr. Shirazi, because we announced who's going to be on the show, people actually sent in questions. So if you don't okay. mind, I'd like to ask as many of them as you yeah. have time for. Okay. I do have plenty of time for you. Terrific. So this one is from Janet. I'm so glad you're interviewing Dr. Shirazi on Thursday. 
please ask about his functional movement systems and how successful it is for making folks strong and fit and recover from osteoporosis. Well, um, we use the functional movement systems and it's a, it's a, it's a global network of doctors that have been trained. It's a, it's a entry level ability for us to assess. It's just like how medical doctors do blood work. It's a method of us being able to test certain, um, certain factors as to how your body moves. Um, and one of those things that we check on a functional movement screen also includes balance. Um, because it's, it's your body's ability to mobilize. Um, and so it's, it's a highly successful system in terms of being able to, again, it's designed to, to identify dysfunction. So that way we can actually offer you functional patterns. So it's, it's important that we know that it's, it doesn't make sense if you're having dysfunction in your hips for us to give you overhead workout routines. It's, a, it's not the priority. The urgent important when we see dysfunction in your hip is to create a program and a system for you to increase hip mobility, which, uh, which contributes to back pain. Now, osteoporosis can be determined um, from, it can be diagnosed with a DEXA scan, which we do here at True North Health. Um, but exercise, weight-bearing training is evidence-based, uh, uh, um, proven to help um, reduce and reverse osteoporosis depending on where you are at um, in that T-score whenever you get a DEXA scan. So it's really important to know your T-score if you are concerned about osteoporosis, to get a functional movement screen from a practitioner to see and identify your dysfunction, um, and then to immediately start if you have any osteopenia um, and or osteoporosis to start a uh, weight-bearing training as soon as possible, and then to get rechecked on that DEXA scan within three to six months. Usually you see that number reverse pretty quickly. That's great. Well, it seems to me there's a lot, oops, let me turn my left back on and give myself my eyes a break. <laughs> a few questions on osteoporosis. Uh, Susan wants to know, is it possible to reverse osteoporosis of the hip if so, how, and would gentle jumping on a rebounder help? Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, again, um, the research does suggest that you can reverse it. It's not a one, one size answer because your T-score basically is the amount of density you have of bone. And when they do a DEXA scan, they're checking um, several uh, locations, one in your lumbar spine, usually one in the head of your femur to determine actual decrease of bone mass. Um, and so just depending on where that number is, the uh, recommendation for weight-bearing training will be able to reverse uh, certain, certain individuals' osteoporosis. Again, I don't want to um, make it sound as though it's okay to just have weight-bearing training. It's also, hey, who's that guy? <laughs> I'm going to introduce in a second. What's up, Bailey? Hey, hi, Bailey. Now I'm gonna have you get Sizu if you want to introduce him to, to everyone. Are, are there are there chiropractics for pets as well? Absolutely, there are. There's horse chiropractors. They have spines just like the rest of us, and um, any anything that moves is susceptible to a dysfunction in the spinal system. But yeah, what a what an adorable. Uh, yeah. I just recently I just recently have a, a dog in the house and. I didn't have one growing up my whole life. And so it's the first time in my life that I'm establishing a relationship with an animal. 
And it's been one of the biggest blessings in my life to be able to learn from this thing. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to say this because one thing, if you have a dog, what does your dog do every time it gets up from sitting? It's it, not it, the, the, the dog or the cat stretches always. They always stretch. Nature shows function. Dysfunction is when we sit for 12 hours a day or 13 hours a day and we get up and we just start moving. Nature is one of the best teachers. It always shows you. And the reason they stretch is because when they when you sit for too long, you your joint reduces synovial fluid, which is basically the lubrication of a joint. And so whenever they start to stretch, they create flexible or they create mobility in their muscle and they lubricate their joints and then they start walking. So be more like your pets. What's your pet's name? Sizu. Well, Gina says she wants to see Caesar. Okay. Okay. Great. We're going to show Caesar. I'm going to show you, I'm going to introduce you guys to Nanda, who is uh, a huge part of optimal alignment health. He's also a practitioner here at true North health. And he brought this beautiful, beautiful animal into our lives, not just my life, but also into the patient's lives that Hey, Caesar. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, he looks like maybe a, maybe a shepherd lab mix. What is it, Nanda? She's an Anatolian shepherd. Whoa, beautiful. Yeah. What is she, about 140 pounds? <laughs> Something like that. Such a beautiful dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, also, I recommend for certain individuals to get pets for sure. If uh, if they're needing love and love and unconditional love and, and support, a dog is dog or a cat for sure. Absolutely. Oh, T. Caesar is beautiful. <laughs> you know, the thing that's nice about animals is they already know how to move right. If we feed them correctly, they're eating right. And I think they already know how to think right. I think so. I definitely, yeah. definitely believe that. Well, these, these are all osteoporosis questions today in one form or another. So I guess it's a big, hot topic. Holly says, has the doctor seen instances of reversal of osteoporosis through diet and exercise alone? I'm waiting for you to host a summit on osteoporosis. Stand in line. There's so much conflicting information out there. I'm trying to avoid an 18th month regimen of daily injections that my rheumatologist recommended. Um, yes, absolutely have. And so again, this is one of those things when, when in functional medicine, what we learn is um, to cater to the individual person A and person B are not the same. And so the, the systems of what is a primary causal factor of osteoporosis is going to be different for everybody. And so depending on what, again, your T-score is, your T-score is going to give you the density of bone depending on where that's at, you may already be at a point where you are going to want to start that regimen of uh, medication. I'm definitely not here to say that's not a solution for a lot of people, but for a good majority of individuals, diet and exercise is the first place to start. And the way you are going to test for this again is, is you're going to start a micronutrient dense diet where you're going to um, use CalMag and uh, chondroitin. And what you're going to do is you're going to eat a micronutrient dense diet on top of uh, weight bearing training. So uh, a weighted vest. And then what you're going to look at is uh, exercises like squats, exercises like deadlifts, walking with a weighted vest. And again, before you start this process of weighted training, you really want to make sure you have a practitioner who's showing you how to move correctly with weights. 
And so every, every individual is so different that I don't want to recommend somebody who's never lifted weights to start throwing around um, a dumbbell and a barbell in hopes of reducing their osteoporosis and then ended up, end up getting a disc herniation. So you really want to have both um, this, this back information of what is my DEXA score and how do I start a weight training uh, regimen? Again, it's something that we offer too on um, our optimalalignmenthealth.com. We also do um, movement programs to help individuals um, improve or reverse um, their osteoporosis. So uh, it will require, again, within three months to six months, a second score. Because what you want to check and see is, is your nutrition and exercise reducing that T-score? If it's staying the same or getting worse, then we're going to have to have a conversation at that point. Great. Thank you. This is a thank you to you, Dr. Shirazi from Rebecca. I, I, she, saw, she saw you on the show before, and she said she's very grateful to you for demonstrating how to complete simple movements to get out of pain. I'm pleased to inform you that I've been doing these movements twice a day, and finally, after years of low back pain and neck pain, in capitals, pain-free, it is simply amazing. I quit going to chiropractors because they weren't really helping me. Thank you, Dr. Shirazi. And she's also lost 38 pounds and feels wow. so much better. Just from seeing you demonstrate some exercises on the last episode, which I think I should just link to in the show notes so people can catch that as well. Great, move, move, movement, motion is lotion. It's the, it's the function of the body. It is designed to move. And so my recommendation to almost everybody is, is to move right and move often. And so I always, and when this is a mindset, and so this is where I bring in mindset where it's, it's the idea is not just working out one hour in the morning and then going and sitting at work all day. If you guys see, I have a standing desk here. And then what I usually do is I jump down on the floor after an hour I'll do some cat camel exercises. I'll do some squats. I have a pull-up bar. And so I have chosen to design movement around my life. Because again, when you're not, when you're unconsciously dysfunctional, you show up, you sit at a desk all day, you don't think, you, you get out of work, you go for a run, and then you, that's how you injure yourself. You do it just like the dogs do it, just like the cats do it, is you move and you stretch every time you move, every time you get up. Great. And also all these people with these osteoporosis questions, they'd be perfect candidates to do the consult with you. 100%. Yeah, definitely. So, and um, we'll, we'll definitely make referrals where necessary for DEXA scans. And then we'll create a regimen, a, a weight bearing regimen to help you starting to get more bone, to get more um, bone density. Great. Uh, two more osteoporosis sure. questions. One from Annie. I'm very interested in Dr. Shirazi to increase bone health. I have full osteoporosis at age 67, would like specific instructions on how to reverse it, is not sitting and moving around almost all wake time enough to correct this. I read swimming and biking does not increase bone density, but are they detrimental? Please address foods to eat and avoid and non-gym exercises. What about follow-up testing? This sounds like a perfect candidate for a consult. I would, I would recommend, I would definitely recommend that uh, she give us a call. Um, and it's very similar to, to, to the other individuals, um, where I'm talking, um, to really know what your T-score is. And again, you know, it sounds like she may have a higher T-score where the idea is if you already have osteoporosis, you want to be careful, um, in your movement patterns. That just means that your, your bones don't have the same density and strength that they used to have. 
And so in, in bicycling or any kind of activity where you may fall, that may pose a fracture risk. And so you want to really be careful once you're at that point with the activities that you're, that you're in, you want to be a little bit more mindful of them. Um, and then again, um, I'm uh, same diet for almost most individuals is you want to increase your micronutrient density. That means that your leafy greens, your variability of color, you want that to be about 80% of what you're eating in a day. And you really want to stay away from inflammatory foods um, that reduce, um, that, that are detrimental to your health. Um, and so that's, those are a little bit more specific. So I would recommend that she give us a call um, and we'll do a consult. That's terrific. Last question from Sheba. Can Dr. Shirazi advise on exercises lifestyle for prevention of osteoporosis? And how does a person know if they have true osteoporosis if they don't get scans or even if they have a low BMD per scan? Um, the, the diagnostic tool to use is a DEXA scan. And so if you are, if you are questioning your, your, if you have a family history of osteoporosis, then you definitely want to make sure you're getting a scan to determine it. If you are not, if you have not shown osteopenia yet or osteoporosis, it's the optimal time. Reversing disease and dysfunction requires so much work and effort than prevention. And so what you really want to start is a movement weight bearing program. And so again, the way our systems work is we assess where a person's at, what dysfunctions they have. And then we have a very uh, intended progression where we take an individual from um, uh, mobility dysfunction and we improve their mobility and stability. And then we start you on a weight training uh, program. I've seen it one too many times where a person is, is tight in their body and then they start throwing around weight and then they end up getting an injury and then they can't do anything. So it's really valuable and important firstly to get the proper mobility, stability in the muscular skeletal system, and then to start a weight training program. Walking itself is also a demand of the body. So if you have restrictions or muscle imbalances, walking could even pose a threat to you. So you want to start with the proper movement mobility protocols and then weight training protocols. And then you want to start increasing that weight and increasing muscular strength because it's the stress of the muscle, that weight bearing stress that puts a demand on your body to put down more bone. It's how the, it's how the system, the, the hormonal system works. The body responds to demand person who sits all day, the body is not going to get demand of needing to become stronger. And so it's not going to be putting down more bone and the micronutrients that are required for bone to be laid down comes from the micronutrient rich foods that you're eating. And so it's a, it's an ecosystem. That's why I go back to the idea when you're looking at health, it's not just movement. It's not just exercise. It's stress as well. Stress plays a huge factor in how your body metabolizes um, the foods you're eating and how it breaks down calcium and how it breaks down uh, different minerals in your body. But definitely what you want to start immediately to prevent it is a weight training program. And I'm not talking about Olympic training. You can start picking up five to 10 pounds every day and walking with those in your hands. That's great. Holly said, could you please mention the supplement you were saying? Oh, you're going to want to get uh, a good cal calcium, magnesium, um, 
supplement brand. Um, Integrative Therapeutics was one that I that I had used for a while. Again, everybody's a little bit different. You want to make sure you can even do blood tests to check your CalMag. Um, but when you're eating a whole food plant-based diet, there's not too many supplements that you need to take extra of. But CalMag, if you already have osteoporosis and osteopenia, you want to start uh, a calcium, magnesium, and then oste- uh, osteochondroitin is another one for joint health. Um, and so there's a variety of, um, of uh, supplements that you kind of want to take together. But those are, the, those are the two main ones that you'd be looking at. Thank you. Judy Fleming says, I really miss you, Dr. S. Oh, hey, Miss Judy. I, ha- I just got back from Guatemala. I was there for about three weeks. I'm, I'm going to be starting um, a whole food plant-based retreats down in Lake Atitlan, Guatemala. And so I was getting all your dings and I'm back to check on you, Miss Judy. Thank you so very much for, for, watching, for watching us today. Well, why don't you open one here in the desert? Now that Dr. Clapper's gone, we don't have anything healthy here. You know what? We'll probably will. We we'll probably come down and um, see what facilities are down there. And our and our retreats are going to be based off of um, whole food, plant based diet. Potentially some some fasting in there. It's going to be movement uh, training programs, getting people um, moving right. And then we're going to have a variety of mindset, mindfulness training. Some um, we're going to have some great experts with us doing some some trauma healing, resolving fear workshops. Um, and so it's just a lifestyle medicine conglomeration and you'll be able to find all of those on our website. I'm so excited about that. Um, and we're going to get you in nature. That's just a fundamental prescription for everyone. Great. Thanks. Okay. One, one question just came in live from Diane. I have had two ACL surgeries in the same knee and I have limited mobility. Any suggestions? Um, usually after, usually after surgery, what's going to happen is your body's, um, fascia or, um, the tissues around that knee tend to get, uh, tightened. And so, although you can't really have too much, um, too much, uh, resolve once you've torn that ACL, but, um, I have, Nanda's going to hop in here and he's going to share. He wants to, he wants to, was this Chef AJ's question? Was this for her? It's for, no, I don't, I have, um, this is from Diane. Oh, well, the number one predictor of an injury in the future is a history of injury. And so we want to, as she's a candidate for a movement screening to see what type of dysfunction is causing this knee to get that injury in the first place. Mm-hmm. Chef AJ, I thought that was your question. I was gonna say, we're getting Chef AJ on a movement screen starting today. <laughs> no, Dr. Goldhammer wants me to sign up with Dr. Shirazi for my rotator cuff, but I have a knee injury too. But yes, you can work with people remotely. Yeah, definitely so. And to, and to further answer that question, what, what you can do now is you can um, break that scar tissue up around that knee. I, this is how I, I work with patients is you find a practitioner who just, Graston or any kind of scar breaking. After you break up the tissue around that knee, what you want to do then is to put that knee through constant ranges of motion. And what ends up happening over a period of time, and again, this is moving from conscious uh, dysfunction and or sorry, conscious function, unconscious function into conscious function, is you don't stop this practice. Meaning post-surgery, really that the PT should go on for a while. But so much of the PT is not using manual uh, adhesion breaking. 
So you use adhesion breaking and then you stretch that muscle as far as you can to its edge. And then you continuously do that several times in the week. And then you support that with hamstring quad training, glute training, making sure that the engine of your hips are nice and strong because the knee is a stable joint. It requires stability. And so after an ACL injury, you develop some instability. So you have to support it firstly with strong quads, strong hamstrings. And then again, the, the solution is Graston technique, break up adhesions, and then put that knee through ranges of motion. Again, it's something that we can help an individual walk through virtually as well. Terrific. Mandy wants to know when you see patients remotely, can they be in any country or is it only in the United States? Any country. Yep. The, the, the virtual age has changed the name of the game. We are able to um, uh, really do a pretty great assessment via as long as you have a good camera and I can see your full body movement. We definitely can um, help you out there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who, somebody's commenting how painful Graston is. <laughs> it's painful. Um, there's a quote from Rumi that says the cure for the pain is through the pain. And the reason that is, is because what happens is um, after an injury or when your body goes through some sort of uh, trauma, the tissues that are supposed to be aligned this way, the tissues become knotted. And so Graston's coming in there and it's stretching out that tissue. And so at first, this is really painful to the body, but what ends up happening is you develop this elasticity that would not have happened otherwise. And it's, it's an important to understand, um, and hopefully I can come back on another day and we can talk about pain as messenger because pain, it's, uh, it's a subjective marker for so many people. And so what ends up happening for so many individuals when your muscles get really tight and imbalanced, you lose the ability to move. And what the body wants more than anything is to stretch a muscle. And a lot of times this is painful for the individual, um, especially if you have inflammation in the body, any kind of touch is uh, excruciating. And pain is a conglomeration of your interpretation of all a lifestyle, a lifetime of emotional, mental, physical pain that is assessed in the brain whenever you feel it. And some people are completely apprehensive of feeling any kind of pain, so they don't really do anything to resolve it. The question is, is your pain threatening? Is it causing more harm? And if it is, you want to pull back. But things like Graston are actually in the moment painful. So you might have to bite down on something um, to get through it. But the resolve um, for Graston and exercise and so many things usually is so much more beneficial. So you, enduring a little bit of pain helps here. All right, Peggy says painful, but so worth the results. There was another technique you mentioned last time that, that also was really painful. Active, was release, active release therapy. It's again, what you're doing is you're taking a muscle, you're pressing it down and you're stretching it out in order to get your full mobility back or get function back. Um, I want to reinforce this idea that, you know, so many of us have just accepted dysfunctional patterns, dysfunctional patterns in life. And dysfunctional patterns will eventually turn on your check engine light. And that's the opportunity when that check engine light comes in is to say, okay, great. How does my brain solve this, this problem? I always want people to understand that putting yourself first for a while, getting your health straightened, spending six months, a year, two years of focused attention on health 
will create the next 10, 20, 30 years of functional living. That means you don't have to use all these compensation methods, uh, bandages to deal with pain. You do, you kind of resolve it once and for all. And that way you can be free from having to, you know, put fires out all the time. Actually, my check engine light just came on, but I took it to Toyota. I'm good now. (laughs) (laughs) We do it with our cars. You know, we ignore it with our body. We don't actually have one. I mean, you know, that that shows up. But anyway, this has just been so informative. And I really appreciate your passion. And please wish everyone at True North, uh, you know, well for me, because I miss that place so much. I sure will, Chef AJ. Thank you so very much again. Thank you all, all you guys for watching. And um, send us messages. You guys have my email and, uh, definitely a breakthrough session is, is, uh, something I'm really proud of. We, we put a lot of work and effort into helping people transform. And we, we earnestly really hope to set a fire in, in this world. Right. Great. And Peggy says, Don sends his love. Hope to return to true North. So uh, give my love to Don Peggy. Good to, oh. good to see you guys. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Shirazi. And thanks to all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please do come back tomorrow when I have another wonderful doctor. My guest is Dr. Gemma Newman. 